Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Telegraph, the Telegraph. Podcasts. I'm a bit nervous this week. Don't be nervous because you make me nervous. I'm <laughs> going to be nervous about. <laughs> okay. I'm very excited this week. <laughs> you can hear his laugh already. I was going to give this man an introduction, but he needs no introduction really uh-huh. because of his laugh. He is a former world heavyweight boxer. Is that right? Whatever you want to call me. Just call me a ducker and diver. A ducker and (laughs) diver? (laughs) It's Frank Bruno. Welcome to our Mad World podcast, Frank. Thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me. We start each podcast by asking each guest how they are really right now. Because you know we ask how are you every day to people a million times and we go, yeah, fine, 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 fine. But what we try to do is say, how are you really right now? How are you feeling? I'm feeling very, 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 very good very relaxed very very focused doing a lot of jobs up and down the country around the world actually to be quite honest but I'm very happy and I'm at the gym at the health farm Champlis most days I'm going to the gym most days have a steam have a sauna get a massage eating right food getting plenty of sleep and very happy very very chilled and very very contented and very very humble it could be worse but I'm in a very, very good place. Thank you. You look pretty cool. It's a shame that this is just a podcast. <laughs> because, oh my God, your suit is yep. incredible. It's like blue check. Oh my God, Frank, if we could record your laugh, okay. I would be like... It's so infectious and relaxing. The world, if we could just play it whenever I feel stressed out, I know I would be in a better place. You've got this fabulous, is it a three-piece suit? Um, I think, yeah, it's a three-piece suit. Yeah, yeah, man, it is a three-piece suit. It's a waistcoat. Yeah. And it's blue, yeah. and it's quite a nice bright blue. You were telling me earlier where you bought it from. I bought it from Thailand. I went to Thailand recently and I bought some suits over there. Tailored to? Um, ta- yeah, it's tailored. Yeah, tailored, yeah. Because you're a tall man. Yeah, about six foot three with Miss stilettos, about six five. Six five with your yeah. stilettos. <laughs> <laughs> you're not wearing them today, thank God. Because no, no, no. I'm wearing flats. Yeah, okay. So I, and... Frank, the reason, well, one of the many reasons we've got you on this podcast is you've just released a book called Let Me Be Frank. Right. And I remember back in 2000, was it 2003? I mean, you've had a really highly publicised battle with mental illness. Yeah, definitely, yeah. 
and I feel like the focus was a lot on the fights in the rings and yeah. stuff like that. And right. you, you fought like Mike Tyson, didn't you? Oh uh, yeah, I fought Mike Tyson twice. Yeah. Gosh, just to get some context to any kind of like millennial young listeners who we all know who you are, obviously. Also, I was going to say I read that Donald Trump somehow affected your boxing career. I don't think he affected my boxing career. Donald Trump was involved in boxing in a big, big way in the 70s, 80s, borderline 90s because he had um, Donald Trump in Atlantic City and he used to put on a lot of shows and he was very, very friendly with Don King and he was very friendly with Mike Tyson. So when I first fought Mike Tyson the first time, it was supposed to be at Wembley and Don King and Donald Trump got involved and they got it switched to Las Vegas. But yeah, Donald Trump was involved in boxing in a big, big way. Did you meet him? I I can't recall meeting him. I've been in the same room and been in the same building as him, but I can't recall meeting him. But he was a shrewd, yeah, he was a very shrewd businessman at the time. And, you know, you can't be a a billionaire just like that. So he's, he's a businessman, you know what I mean? So I don't want to say nothing funny against him because he's very connected. <laughs> yeah. So you had this fantastic boxing career and then you had a very public breakdown. Mm, definitely, yeah. Can you sort of talk us through what happened? Um, I had a very, very good career in boxing. I had 45 fights, won 40, lost five. And my um, trainer once said to me, when you finish from boxing, you won't know what hit you because a lot of people, when they finish from boxing... They have a breakup, put on a lot of weight, get depressed and, you know what I mean, not used to doing what they're used to doing, like training every single day and then life changes. You know, when I got divorced, I just couldn't handle it and I had a breakdown, you know. So how section. you were sectioned quite publicly to give that idea? From what age did you start boxing? You grew I up started in London. Eight, when I was boxing, I started about eight to 12. I got sent to a ball stall. I'd done a little bit of training there. Some of the teachers was helping me doing some exercise and getting me jobs and trying to cool me down. But I think after I finished from being at the ball stall, it was the best thing that could have happened to me because like, I was leading, well, getting involved with the wrong sort of like crowd. And my mum could see that. She said that if I carry on hanging around with these sort of like um, people, I'd be in prison. Or, you know, I'm going to get myself some serious trouble. So she took me away from the environment that I was in, in Wandsworth. I went down to Sussex and I spent five years and it was a good school. You had to learn how to polish your shoes. We had to do cross country every week. We'd done a lot of sports and we had some serious teachers. What Some of them were from Marines yeah. and there were serious teachers that you couldn't get away with. No, uh, <laughs> you know, if you were naughty or... They find you and they slapped you and you got the cane and wow. you know what I mean you got your privilege taken away from you so it was a very regimental but you needed that discipline regimental survival tactics. But of course nowadays that wouldn't wash. You wouldn't yeah, be allowed they, they to. They'll do... get locked up. They yeah. will definitely get locked up. But at the time when you're a kid you got the world on your shoulders and you you're being rude to the teachers. But at that time they had manners. If you were rude, you would get punished. And I didn't feel nothing against it because when I was young, my dad was very good to me, but it was installed in me that if you ain't got no manners and know how to say thank you and please, I would get a beating. And I wasn't ashamed of getting that beating. I've got no qualms about getting that beating because the old school parents and your dad and your mum, the way they dropped it, you know what I mean? You had to empty the dustbin, 
empty the wash up, do the hoovering and clean the house, turn off the lights and they had that installed in there because in our parents had it hard in their day, you know yeah. what I mean? They're paying for bills. When they said that you wait until you get your own house and you think you can leave on lights and waste this and waste that energy. Had it, that had different lyrics to what they got it now. The kids don't know how lucky they got it compared to what our parents had to go through. So you're, how old are you now, 50? 56, 57 in November, man. You look really well. Obviously, boxing boxing keeps you young. I try and look after myself. I try and go to the gym most days. I try and go down to the health farm and I try and look after yourself. You know what I mean? If you can't look after yourself, no one else can look after you. Mm -hmm. But it's to get in that mindset of trying to look after yourself. When I've done boxing, you know what I mean? I kept very fit, but I always try and nick a little bit in the gym most days and you know mm. I mean keep it real it's hard, difficult for a lot of people to do that but sometimes you go through phases where you're fed up you ain't got the energy to get out of bed you can't motivate yourself you feel lethargic in the winter it's more difficult to motivate yourself yeah. than it is in the summer in the winter everybody goes through a lethargic and miserable and do, so even you with, have that. I think it's really important to let people know. Even professional, former professional athletes have those days where they're like, "Can't be fucked." You know when you know we're all human beings, and some days we go through bad days. You can't, the sun can't shine every single day. You can't be happy and bubbly, and yeah. you know we, our mind is a very, very delicate but a very, very powerful thing. Mm. And sometimes you just can't be bothered. Sometimes you're lethargic, and you say, "What's the matter with you?" and you're fighting with your brain, you know what I mean, to go out the door. What do you do on those days? Sometimes I live by myself quite a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've got a good PA, I've got a good agent or whatever. But you've got to get out of bed. You've got to fight yourself and not fight yourself, you've got to encourage yourself and motivate yourself to try and get out of it. But mm. everybody goes through it. Mm. And anybody what tells you don't go through it, I'm not too sure to say that they're a liar, but <laughs> sometimes you're laying in bed and the, the nights are dark. Yeah. And you got to go to work. You fight with yourself to get out, but you got to, you know what I mean? you, you got to provide. You say you've got a husband, yeah. you've got bills to pay, and you have to get yourself out. But some days it's lethargic, you, you haven't got the energy. Some days getting out of the house can feel like going into a ring with Mike Tyson. I'm like yeah. just getting out the front door. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That but kind of. The nice thing about it these days, people talk about it and mm. relate of different problems that they're going through, and it's not a, a taboo. Mm. And you know what I mean? Years ago, you couldn't talk about your feeling like that because people say, here comes a nutter in work, people to bully you and talk about you. But everybody goes through some sort of like stage where they're going through a bad patch, depression, argument, uh, breakup, and bills coming in and they don't tally up. And stress, stress is a very, very powerful thing, you know? And everybody goes through it. I want to go back. Sorry, if I jump around here. You jump wherever you want to jump, girl. Relax yourself. Going back to your childhood, do you think you had mental health issues? Because I don't know what school of thought you come from, but sometimes yeah. I think you don't have to have had terrible things to have happened to you in your life mm. to just have mental health issues in the same way that some of us just get physical health issues and there's no kind of real cause for them. I'm always really interested in what people that were deemed problem children, like I was a bit of a problem kid, actually nowadays we'd probably look at them and go, actually they've got issues and let's treat them with talking and all of that. And Mm. do you think that was the case with you? I think when I was young, I didn't realise that I was dyslexic. So if someone asked me to spell something, I would get aggressive and argumentative and I didn't know 
that I had d- dyslexic and I thought I had three sisters mm-hmm. I had two brothers and they were highly jobs and they were doing very very well for themselves but my mum God rest her soul she always said you're stupid but mm-hmm. I didn't mean to be stupid but I just couldn't put it together in school and mm-hmm. you know when you're aggressive and you're yeah. saying why am I aggressive but the reason you're aggressive you felt stupid if someone could read something or someone could write down a name and I think but if someone asked me to write down a name I was sort of like tense up and freeze up and I just thought I, I just done naughty things you know what I mean like my mum my would get up in the morning I would be out on my bike and I'd be in West End <laughs> or I mean, I'd be on my bike with my mates going fishing somewhere not even giving her telling her what I'm doing so she had to find something like a boarding school to send me to get some discipline in me because I didn't have no discipline I didn't have no common sense faults in my head. I was doing some crazy things, hanging around with some people, doing some dodgy things, but I didn't know the consequences of the dodgy things. If I would have got caught with them, I would have got locked up. But I didn't have the savvy to know. I thought it was exciting what they were doing. They were very brave what they were doing, but it was very, very stupid and dangerous, and they could have locked us up. What kind of things were they doing? Some were breaking into people's houses. Mm -hmm. Some were pickpocketing people, but I didn't have the... I said, I wouldn't like that happen to my mum, so I didn't have the cricket balls to go and do them things. Mm-hmm. But the excitement was there. But my brother warned a lot of the friends, said that if you keep encouraging my brother to do this, they're going to sort them out. So I was covered by my brother, but I was just excited by the things what they were doing and the things what they had, and I was just following them. But mm-hmm. I couldn't have the guts to go and do what they are going to do because my mum said that any time I brought the police to the house, that would be it, she would batter me. Mm. It's only once I brought the police to the house, but you know what I mean? I, I got let off, so I was all right. Why did they come to the house? Um, we went to the boarding school, <laughs> went to Selfridges, and there was a kids borrowing some bits and pieces. And I was instigating, I like that, I like this. But the policemen had a mirror in Selfridges, what they could look out, but we couldn't look in. Mm-hmm. And we all got nicked. Um, the policeman was from Wandsworth and he said that I wasn't nicking nothing so he let me off and I got a little touch but unfortunately they came to my house in the police car and the neighbour saw and my mum gave me a beating but I'll never forget when the policeman said that your son is very very lucky he weren't nicking nothing he was with them but he could have got nicked but it's his lucky day because I'm from the local police and I'm letting them off. And once the policeman was getting at the door, and I was trying to follow the policeman at the door because I knew that I was going to get a battering from my mum. And she locked the door and she gave me a beating, which I never forgot that day, so I never brought the police around the house again. So you were packed off to boarding school? Oh, cool, boarding school, yeah. And that's where you discovered boxing? Yeah, I tried to suss out what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a carpenter or whatever, but I knew if I wanted to be a carpenter, the money what I would get from the carpenter wouldn't... I had dreams what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a boxer, I wanted to be a sportsman, I wanted to make a, a little bit of money. So the only way I could make money is through boxing, if I was good at it. So I dedicated myself through the boarding school, running up hills, training, working at old people's homes, digging gardens, trying to strengthen myself up. When I left school at 16, I tried a bit of metal polishing, I worked in the bingo hall, Worked in Lonsdale sports shop, looked at the wages, didn't really tally up after I paid the tax, <laughs> paid my mum her bits and pieces, so I just went straight into boxing. 
And you had this incredibly successful career, which everyone knows about. What I really want to talk to you about is that bit of what happens afterwards once you lose all of that real regimented structure that you have yeah. in your life. Like, mm. you've got to be at the gym, you've got to be eating this, you can't be messing around, yeah. you know. And then, obviously, that all kind of goes. And you were sectioned... How many times? I mean, you were sectioned... I've been sectioned three times. Uh-huh. And I've been in by myself, went in there by myself. But I was sectioned three times. I was sectioned the first time when I finished from boxing, when I got a divorce from my wife and whatever, and, you know what I mean, everything come crumbling down. And it wasn't a private section. It was everybody knowing on the news. I was just saying... The neighbours watching and et cetera, et cetera. It's very, very embarrassing. I remember... I kind of find it quite astonishing to think that this happened in the 21st century. Mm. You were sectioned, there were photographs of you being yeah. taken into the... And yeah. one of the headlines on the Sun newspaper was Bonkers Bruno... Rebecca Wade, up. yeah. Yeah. I find it incredible to think... I know it was 15 years ago, but still, that kind of mentality... I think it's a bit longer than 15 years Is ago, it, but I think what, you put a bit of VAT on top of that and you'll find it's a little bit longer than that. Really? But that mentality at the time was like, if you were sectioned and everybody knew in your workplace that you were sectioned, people start talking about you and start taking the mickey out of you and didn't really understand about people having a breakdown, yeah. um, mental disorder like schizophrenia yeah. um all different things what you can cause eating disorder etc 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 and then that time people would say that you was bonkers but now people are being a little bit more understanding mm. and sympathetic because everybody's coming out and saying i feel mm. you know what i mean some people God rest their soul, feel suicidal. Mm-hmm. Some people can't cope with life and they have a breakdown and anxiety and just depressed, you know what I mean, and can't get themselves out of it. But the reason some of them can't get themselves out of it because they can't talk to nobody. Mm. So they're suffering in silence. Mm. So, yeah, if you're going to mug off someone and say bonkers, it could happen to your mum, it could happen to your sister, it could happen to your aunt, it could happen to your husband, it could happen to anybody, you know what I mean? So now people are talking about and it's a little bit more easier mm. and understanding it's not fashion but a lot of people go through whatever they go through mm. as I said to you before in the winter a lot of people get more depressed than they do in the summer because it, it's dark in the morning mm-hmm. it's dark when you come out of the office mm-hmm. and it's drowsy it's cold you, you're up you, you want to stay in warm inside and you're knotted up inside in the summer it's a little bit more jolly and the sun is a little bit of tonic in dolphins and, and things like that. But now people are going to the gym. I'm not trying to get super fit, but just trying to get, release a lot of tension and bits and pieces. So people are understanding a little bit more about it, being a bit more sympathetic and understanding. Years ago, everybody would be bullying each other. Look at that nut art, and they'd be talking about them. And you may know they're talking about you, and mm. it makes you even worse. And you won't come out and explain what is your problem, but everybody's got some form of mental disorder here and there. You know, I mean, it's not nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, it was when you said you were embarrassed at the time. Like, I mean, when now I, there is no way that reaction. Also, I don't think anyone would be taking pictures 
the paparazzi wouldn't be out taking pictures of a vulnerable person being taken to a hospital. I think they're a little bit more sympathetic then, but yeah. at that time, it's very, very embarrassing. I came out from being sectioned. I go to a local shop. When I meet people, if I put eye contact, they'll turn their head and you can hear them whispering and different things like that. Neighbours were very, very horrible about you being um, sectioned and whatever. But that's sometimes, that was, um, what, 20-odd years ago mm-hmm. and times have changed. So you got a diagnosis then of... They say I've got bipolar, but I don't think I've got bipolar at all. I had a breakdown. I just had a yeah. breakdown, you know what I mean? Just um, Sometimes when a man had a woman and you've had certain different things done for you and set things and the man left by himself... Just imagine not disrespecting your husband, yeah. but saying if you took away all your husband's privilege, let him wash up, let him cook, let him iron, let him do this and left him by himself, he, would he be able to cope? Probably, yes, because he does everything for me. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good, but some men can't, yeah, can't, no, can't I know, cope I know, with I know. that. They pay bills or whatever, yeah, and I was yeah. just left by myself and I just couldn't handle it. Just couldn't handle it at all. So I'm just being quite honest. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, no, it would be like if he left me, I would be in a mess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I um, understand. But I was yeah. left in a mess, you know, to pay bills and letters coming in through mm. and whatever. No excuse. I'm just talking facts. I was just left by myself and I just couldn't handle it at all. But also, divorce is like really hard, isn't it? I mean, it's very hard, but sometimes you just got to rock and roll with the punches. I work my um, socks off to put myself in a position yeah. where I could come home and I think everything was going to be hunky-dory, but we weren't listening to the same radio station and we got divorced. And I'm glad I got divorced, to be quite honest, because mm. it, it's the best thing rather than if two people are listening to... One's listening to Capital and one listening to Choice FM. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? You've got to be entwined. and got to be on, on the, the same, same wavelength. Yeah. <laughs> So the first time was after the breakdown of your marriage, and then what? What happened? The other, what you just had three breakdowns, basically. I wouldn't go so far as to say I had three breakdowns. When I got sectioned the first time, people nicking money off me. Someone close to me nicked about five hundred grand off me. Wow. And so-called friends, what I was letting into my circle or whatever, they were just nicking and being very, very horrible. So I had some wrong people around me. Mm-hmm. After I'd been sectioned, I had to sell the house and get out of the area or whatever, but I wouldn't trust nobody. I would try to do everything myself, mm. and I was overloading myself, overworking myself, doing jobs here and now, up and down the country. Say, if I had to go to Wales, and I had to be at the job at 7 o'clock, finish at 11 o'clock, the drive will be about three to four hours mm. home, get home about 3 o'clock, try and go to the gym, try and iron, try and go to the supermarket, try and hoover. Mm. So I overworked myself and overstressed myself. So if I would have had allowed someone to come in, like a PA or my agent to come in, but I'd never trust nobody because I got really um, my fault, but I got people taking the mickey at me and Mm. letting them in your house and robbing you. Yeah, trust issues. uh, Trust issues. So I, I overworked myself and exhausted myself and knocked myself out. Because I think a lot of people forget that a lot of mental breakdowns and feelings of mental distress can come about because physically you're taking too much on, you're overwhelmed, yeah. and like you said, you're not looking after yourself and you're tired. Just listening to that schedule that you just yeah. said made me go, oh my God, <laughs> I need a coffee. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Everybody does it, you know what I mean? Because 
If you buy a house, you try to work extra hours, you try to make up, and sometimes you don't know how to relax and calm yourself down. Mm-hmm. They say yoga is good for uh, mental health. If you can, like, for instance, my daughter just got married yeah, and she's having a baby, but she's hyper. She's 100 miles an hour. She still thinks that she can go to the gym and train people. And I yeah. said, you've got to find some yoga. You've got to find some meditation because you're going to burn yourself out. Mm. She can't wear her stilettos no more. She can't go out partying and whatever, and it's all getting to her. But I said, that will come. Them days will come. But now you're being a mum. You've got responsibility. You've got to slow it down and calm yourself down. Mm. But she's so anxious about everything. But she's a youngster. And yeah. I said that I've been there. Your mother's probably been there. But you've got to slow it down and think of today and think of how privileged you are and what position you are and just slow it down and calm yourself but she's just you know I think that the baby are coming that she can go back to whatever she <laughs> like yeah. 100 miles an hour but she's got to just take take each day as it comes you know but I'm being a parent I've been there and I'm trying to install it in her but if someone's hyper sometimes you've got to trim it down a little bit that's really true trimming yeah. it down a bit I think is like really good life advice you don't have to do everything right now. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. When my mum used to tell me certain different things, and my dad used to say certain different things to me, reality does check in. And sometimes as you get more older, you just got to slow it down, oh, take yeah. your time, take baby steps and build up and not stress yourself out too much, you know? And try and enjoy it. Life is a very, very short thing, you know, because mm. we've got to try and enjoy it because you never know. We might not be here tomorrow. Exactly. I, I think that that... Do you do yoga? I do. I've been starting yoga. I've done yoga when I was boxing. I was doing um, advanced yoga to stretch my muscles and to get a little bit looser. I've been doing yoga just to try and get myself in a relaxed state and meditate and concentrate. I've meditated for... For years I've been meditating, but as you get older, you learn how to just chill, mm. pace yourself and focus and just try and be as humble as you can. Because sometimes... You watch different TV shows, you watch different countries where people are having hurricanes and losing the whole business, losing the whole house, and they've got to start again. And you can see what mental state they're in, but they're calm. So we've got to take ourselves out of our comfort zone and see how lucky we are and appreciate what we've got, to be honest, because... A lot of people in England don't realise how lucky they are, you know, because some countries, people haven't got no shoes, haven't got a roof over their head, mm. and they can't put two pennies together to put meal on the on the table. I think gratitude is, like, a really important thing. There was some research recently that said people that try and be grateful yeah. for stuff around them, they live longer. Yeah. And I try and do every day with my daughter, we try and do three things that we're grateful for Mm. that happened today. Also, you can even be grateful for rubbish things happening to you. You know, like, in a way, like you said, you know, the divorce was hard at the time, but now you're grateful that it's happened. I'm grateful. If two people are not getting on, it's best to cut the losses and get on with your life and try and enjoy and and get a bit of quality rather than fighting and stress and the the drama what goes with it you know what I mean but some people worry about the money how I'm going to lose this or lose that but quality of life and breathing and the freedom of not having stress stress is a horrible nasty money is nice but quality freedom and joy and happiness is much more than worrying about 
seeing someone's got a better house than you, or has got mm. nicer shoes than you, mm. or a better dress than you, or a better suit than you. It's only money at the end of the day. Um, you can't take the money to your grave with you. No, literally no one has a better suit yeah. than you, Frank. It's all part of the <laughs> <Yeah>. image. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, gratitude and being able to like find positives in negatives you know there's always a negative there's always a minus and there's always a plus yeah there's always light and there's always darkness so you just take it with the rough with the smooth and just get on with what you got to do because there's always going to be someone worse off than yourself so as long as you're breathing and you can put food on the table you've got a roof over your head you just got to be grateful breathing breathe well anything you do if you're doing yoga and whatever they always say breathe and take your time and just relax and chill. Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes when your anxiety kicks in, you, you can't even breathe, can you? When stress yeah, yeah, kicks in, yeah, you, you know what yeah, I mean? You yeah, go through that. Everybody goes through it, you know? Panic attacks. Yeah, when people do go through it. Anxiety, panic attacks or whatever. But that's why they say breathe, relax, chill, breathe. When I was a kid, they thought I had asthma. Yeah. Only latterly did we, I realised it was panic attacks. I couldn't yeah. breathe and I thought right. I was dying and I mm. thought I was... It's amazing how much that just stopping and going. Take your time. Yeah. Breathe, Take man, you. and relax as much as you can. Have yeah. you ever thought about doing like life coaching, meditation? Um, you should do some like. I've get- done some, I'm doing some counseling with the Frank Bruno Foundation, doing some counseling with the youngsters and different things like that. But I go around prisons and talk to youngsters and do some motivation speaking and different things like that because. Um, I've had a life. I've been ups and downs and I've been all over the place and I've seen some different, been to some countries or whatever. So I've got a lot of knowledge, you know what mm. I mean? So I do do a lot of speaking. And one of the nicest things that I've done the Frank Bruno tour the other day, and one of the prisons I went to in Aylesbury, one of the mothers come up to me and she said that my son was so appreciative of you speaking and understanding what you were saying and he was grateful and it sunk in. Mm. But sometimes... You can go into a prison and meet about 30 to 100 kids and sit down there. Some of them will give it the big potatoes or whatever. <laughs> but some of them, you talk and they say, yeah, I was like you. I wanted to be a bad boy or whatever. But, you know, there's only so much you can be a bad boy because the police will monitor you. Mm. When you come out of prison, there's jobs you can get. Getting a gardening job, window cleaning. It brings in the income rather than you worried about going around with the wrong crowd and the police kicking off your door. So she said that me talking to him like that sunk in. So when he comes out, he wants to change his whole attitude and his whole crowd of friends that he's hanging around with. You just mm-hmm. want to have a, a more peaceful life rather than being being a gangster. And Frank Bruno Foundations, explain a bit about what... The foundation is to help people with well-being classes, trust trying to get people into doing... Um, non-contact boxing to try and look after themselves mm-hmm. and structure their life in a a more positively and a more happier way because sometimes people don't talk. People suffer in silence. A lot of people got a lot of mental things, but nobody will come and sit down to you and say, I've been through what you've been through. Or some people have read the book and said that I've been honest about my Mm -hmm. mental health and whatever, and it's helped them come out and understand because they've took medication and they've felt suicidal and it's made them lethargic and having bad dreams and whatever. So I'm trying to defend Bruno Foundation 
and educate people of coming out, talking, looking after themselves, structuring their life, eating a little bit more better and mm-hmm. feeling good about themselves. Because we're all human beings. Some days we feel good, some days we feel bad, but we never talk about what, how we're feeling. If you go to an alcoholic, anonymous people come out and say, I've drunk this or drugs or whatever, but mental health is a very, very secretive sort of like thing. Yeah. People don't want to talk about it because they don't want to disgrace or embarrass themselves. But it's not an embarrassment because a lot of people, like you know, his Royal Highness Prince Harry talking about it, because yeah. his mother, God rest her soul, died when he was very, very young. So yeah. he went through a very, very dark place. Yeah. But it's nice for him if he can talk about it. Anybody can talk about it because yeah. we've all been there. I think it's really, you mentioned AA, like I go to AA and NA and it's amazing to have that community where you can go into a room and you can talk and you know for three minutes uninterrupted and you know no one's going to like judge you or say anything and I think that kind of space and I I often feel really grateful that I am an addict and an alcoholic in recovery because how lucky am I to have that space? You know, not everyone has that. And I think it's what you say is absolutely right. It's like about bringing it out, allowing everyone to have that thing where it's totally normal. When you come out of the room, you feel much more relieved and happy. People are not there to judge you, are they? Because everybody... Everyone's not Mother been... Teresa. You can't <laughs> chuck a son at the greenhouse and his greenhouse might not break. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think we walk around with such shame as human beings. But it's not shame. It's, it's not no shame. Everybody goes through their bits and pieces. And a hen do, a stag do, yeah. you know what I mean, a party. Everybody does their bits and pieces and their own thing. The funny thing about human beings, some of us are more greedy than others. Yeah. I don't know how to pace himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I do know what you mean. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. No, but it's not a shameful no, thing. But I think it's really important that you're saying that because I think people like that, like me, I walked around for like decades, two decades, feeling ashamed of my you behavior. You should feel ashamed of yourself because, listen, there's some hogs out there. There's some people who are going to the bar, yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have one pint. Mm-hmm. And then five o'clock, six o'clock the next morning, they're still in the bar. And some of us are hogs. Mm. Some of us are pigs. You know what I mean? There's certain people will say, I'm only going to have one. Mm. But you can't help yourself. We are pigs. And we don't know how to pace ourselves. So Mm. it's not a shame to be like that. It's not a shameful thing. That's what I mean. That's why it's so important people talking about it. And knowing that that, that it isn't. Mm. Because shame is like the most toxic thing in the world. And it makes people go into themselves. And it makes people quiet. Everybody gets shameful. But... The thing about it, a lot of people like talking about other people, what they do, but they don't look at what they do. They make out that their mother Teresa or their poo don't smell or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if they looked at themselves in the mirror and be true for themselves, they're no more worse than anybody else. Yeah, it's true. So now, how do you keep yourself well? I mean, you've touched on the exercise, you go to the yeah. gym, eat well. I mean, yeah. these are really like crucial things, aren't yeah. they, to mental health? I try and go to the gym most every day. For That is my indulgence to try and look after myself. I'm 56, and when you get more older, you look at yourself in the mirror and say, boy, you're ugly. You know what I mean? <laughs> and sometimes I might go for a curry or Indian. I've got to try and look after myself and... I've got to try and keep fit. Once you become a boxer, sometimes when you're down, you just got to get up again and be a fighter and look after yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? It's easy said than done, but not every day the sun can shine and you can have the same sort of like energy. But I'm a fighter and mm. I don't like to be mugged off. You know what I mean? I had a lot of people that I fought with friends and whatever and they mugged me off. And when I was down, 
they love to see me down and be sectioned and down and out. But the more they wanted me to go down and stay down, the more I was a fighter, I'd get up and look after myself and better myself. I don't have too much friends now. I can count my friends in my hand and I've got some good friends who don't tell me no bull or tell me what I want to hear and tell it straight. They're very, very close to my heart and I just keep it very, very small. But I look after myself, I'm a fighter. I've had a lot of medication, I've been sectioned, you know what I mean? I think the section people wanted to keep me in there for the rest of my life, but I wouldn't allow it. Mm. And so I had to be a fighter and to get up and better myself and to prove them so-called, is it they call them trolleys? Or tro- 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 trolls. trolls, trolls. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Trolls, people like that. The more they troll me, the more it gives me inspiration to better myself and to prove them wrong. That's made me feel a bit emotional. Why is that? I just find it really inspiring. Like, you're right. That thing of when someone says you can't do something, yeah. you just get the hell off and you do it. Like, you I go. did. The, I did the London Marathon last year for Heads Together for yeah. Prince Harry's charity. Really? And, um, and I was like 16 stone when I started training. I couldn't run for a bus. And people were like, you're not going to do that. You're too fat. You get the trolls, right? Mm. And I was like, every time you get a comment like that, you're like, I'm going to do this and you do it use that as fuel for the fire to really prove them wrong because it's always sitting behind the chest and mugging people off but then people there if they were to come forward if they were brave enough to come forward they're terrible people just want to disenhearten people break people and put people down but I would rather someone put me down and someone mug me off than rather someone praise me because it would give me so much determination to do very very well you know I mean I ain't got no choice because um I'm a fighter. I'm not no egotistic certain person, you know what I mean? Because I'm just a quiet person. I'm just a a person what's done pretty well in his life, but I don't see myself as famous and whatever people class me. I'd rather them put me down. The more they put me down, it gives me happy just to train that and work that a little bit more harder, you know? Yeah, I do. And I think it's really important to send that message that we can all be fighters. We can all bounce back. You don't have to be a professional boxer to be a fighter. Do you know what I mean? Does that make no, sense? No, yeah. yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. When you said you was um, 16 stone or whatever, you know what I mean? You've got to get that mindset and get yourself together because it's there. you just got to tune it in to what you want to do and what, where you want to go. And that could be anything. You can't be Superwoman or Superman and have a fly or anything like no, that. No, obviously, but within, within, get, within, within reason. reason. You know what I mean? Get up and focus and get in the right zone. You can mm. do what you want to do. It's not rocket science, but if you go and see the right people, some people inspire you and, you know what I mean, you may inspire other people to see what you can do. Everybody passes different bits and pieces, but once you get into the zone and you want to get yourself together, it's not difficult. As long as you get in that zone and know what you want to do, you see, no magic. Mm, yeah, it's not complicated, is it? It's not com- You make it complicated, but yeah. Yeah, that means it's not difficult. So what next? What are you sort of planning for the future? What sort of thing? just trying to be happy. Just trying to be happy. I just want to just look after myself. I've got so much different jobs here and there, what I've got to do. I'm trying to do the Frank Bruno Foundation to give a lot of people the inspiration to see that people get down and just give up and just give them a little bit of hope. There's hope out there if you want to do it, you know what I mean? Sometimes people get jealous and people want more and see that that one's got better. Just be humble of what you've got, man, and just be happy that you can get up in the morning and just get on with life because we're only here on borrowed time. 
You can go to the doctors and they can diagnose you with having some sort of cancer or whatever. While you're happy, just be happy, man. Just get on with your life and just be contented with what you got. Get on with life because it's very, very short. Just be humble of what you got. Frank, thank you so much. I could listen to you talking for hours and I think it will really have inspired lots of... And I think it's really, especially to have men on to talk about this stuff. Yeah. It's really important because we know that the biggest killer of young men in this country is not drugs, it's not guns, it's not heart disease, it's, it's suicide. I really, really respect you for what you've done. And, Cheers, thank and you. for taking that dark period of your life and turning it round and fighting back and proving that we can be down, we can be out, but we're not over, we're not finished. When people put you down, please use it as fuel for the fire to empower yourself and just burst out because there's too much jealousy and the evil and putting people down, man. Just use it as strength to just empower you to go forward and to them trolleys or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just let them go and spin on it. Thank you, Frank. No problem. Cheers. Thank you. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, a comprehensive list of mental health services is available on our website, which is www.telegraph.co.uk forward slash madworld. If you want help right now, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116123. Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 03001233393. That's 03001233393. And they're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. Finally, there's Young Minds who provide support if you're a parent or a carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808. 802-5544. That's 0808-802-5544. And remember this, you are not alone. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 